You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For all the Cardinals fans, for the ones who wrapped the bird game, it's kickoff in the valley. Now here's your host, Tyler Vazquez. Tyler Vazquez. Welcome in to the Kickoff in the Valley podcast, where I am the voice of the bird god, producer Adam Armbrecht, only though, ultimately the table setter. For the man, the myth, the legend, the leader of the Bird Gang Travel Club, a mournful man, Mr. Tyler Vasquez. How are we, sir? I guess I should be in all black for this episode, shouldn't I? You have a veil, yeah, something you could hang over the front of your, you know, your face. You need to bring whatever type of um some people throw like mementos in from lost loves and, you know, the departed that they will no longer see again. We uh, we have that attitude, or at least Tyler does. I'm taking a little bit of pleasure in it. But Sean Payton is going to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. There are some different angles to this thing. Um, but ultimately, where, where were you? Where were you when the news hit home, Tyler, that your dream died on the table? I think I was uh, on the can doing my business scrolling, and then I got I got a text message actually. If, if I'm being like completely Elvis. honest, time of death. Yeah, the- yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, once it came down, listen. As soon as we were interviewing for other candidates, I yeah. was concerned that the dream was dead at that point. I mean, that's that was the whole focus of our last episode. Was we recorded it on Monday once we saw. Uh, that they were interviewing the the Bengals offensive coordinator, the Bengals defensive coordinator, the Giants offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, when when those interviews came out, it was like, okay, basically they're resetting the table. I had gotten something text to me, and I don't know how true it is. I haven't gotten one of my closer source people that I talked to to confirm it. Um, but I, I have heard that through, through one person to take it with a grain of salt, because I, I don't know if it's true or not um, that the Cardinals actually offered Dan Quinn the job. Now this is speculation. This is what I heard. We interviewed him twice. So it would kind of align with where you would think the conversation would have went that we offered Dan Quinn the job and he turned it down. So once he turned it down, the Cardinals kind of were scrambling because Mm -hmm. they were trying to cast, quote unquote, a wide net that Michael Bidwell said. And they were trying to kind of be quick out the gates and, you know, get a GM, get a head coach. That is still catching something. (laughs) Yeah, I know. There you go. There you go. Uh, So, yeah. So so they they identified Dan Quinn as the guy. And then Dan Quinn turns it down. And we'll talk later on why coaches – seemingly are turning this job down and, and why they may not be interested, yeah. but ultimately he turns it down and it spends, it sends the Cardinals in kind of a tailwind here of, of trying to figure out what to do next. So then when Sean Payton, the dream dies with him with almost every other team, mm-hmm. I think that's when the Cardinals finally were like, cause you remember the week prior, Sean Payton came on record where he named off all these interviews he was doing and the Cardinals weren't one of them. And then right. all of a sudden, they're now going to lunch after the Dan Quinn situation. So it makes me think that Sean Payton, because of the cost, because of various reasons, he was not the first option 
And then when the Cardinals were left kind of like, ah, I don't know what to do. Mm. They decided, hey, Sean's available. We kind of look like the only game in town. Let's meet with them. Let's see if we can come to an agreement. Obviously, that didn't happen. You let 72 to, you know, 72 plus hours go by or 96 hours go by between when you interviewed him and then when the announcement comes out of the Broncos hiring him. And it's just unfortunate. It, it, It continues to be unfortunate for this franchise, for this fan base, for everyone that the Cardinals are always the bridesmaid. They're never the bride. They continuously shoot for the big target, quote unquote. We think they're shooting for it but they never can secure it. It happened with Peyton Manning. It happened with Andy Reid. It happened with now Sean Payton. It it continues to happen. Okay, so inside of this group, you say they identified Dan Quinn as the guy. We know he decides to go back to Dallas and remains the defensive coordinator and potentially be in line to take over as the head coach there should they move on from Mike McCarthy. A lot of the speculation was Sean Payton with ties to Dallas, right? If you think there's a chance that you can get your foot in the door there, maybe you would go that route, and maybe one of the reasons – that Sean Payton would go back to the broadcast booth and wait out one more year. You also have D'Amico Ryans, who canceled his interview with the Arizona Cardinals because it looks like he's going to be in line for a head coaching position. You also have Frank Reich, who went off the board first when he went ahead and went to Carolina. Not that he was maybe one of the first candidates, top candidates, but obviously he's someone that the Cardinals certainly could have looked to hire, and they didn't. So now you have this list of all the coaches that chose to go somewhere else or return back to their positions currently. On the Sean Payton piece, my question to you would be, one, should they have bothered bringing in Sean Payton if the idea was you're not the guy that we want to go with? And the reason why I ask it is because I know Payton went on a lot of these interviews, but ultimately, if you want a Sean Payton, it sounds like what the Broncos probably said was, hey, We're here. This is the offer. We want you to be the head coach. And he said, okay. And this is the speculation around a little bit of leverage move. I'm also just going to go have a little bit of lunch with all the key figures in Arizona, and then we'll see where we stand. If you don't want to be the bridesmaid, the best thing you can do is make a proposal that can't be refused. It doesn't sound like Arizona was willing to do that for Sean Payton. Exactly. What it comes down to is money. I mean, I'm just going to be point blank. It's yeah. not compensation. When you look at the comp that they're getting, it's a first and what was a first and a second, and then they get back a third. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Denver gets back one of New Orleans third rounders for a first and a second, a first this year, and I think a second next year. So when you talk about that comp, we could have given them a second this year, which would have been a high second because we're, you know, the I think the third pick in the second round. And then uh, you could have given up a first next year. Right. You wouldn't have given up the first this year because it was the third overall. So it wouldn't have yeah. made sense. And, and the Saints are going to be reasonable there. They would have worked with you to, to get it done. Ultimately, I think those assets would have been better than what they're getting from from Denver anyway. So right. and, and you could have taken back instead of taking back a third, maybe take back a fourth to compensate for the one year delay in the first rounder. Whatever. There could have been things to work out. That doesn't sound like it's, it was impossible. It comes down to what we've always said with Daddy Bidwell with Michael Bidwell, there is a level of resistance in spending. Now, it's not my money, so I can't necessarily say how they need to spend their money, but all these NFL coaches or all these NFL owners are they're million billionaires, you know, whatever, trillionaires. I mean, they've they've got plenty of cash. So, I mean, they're all in the billions, not in the millions. But um, with that being said, like, 
Michael, you had plenty of time to secure him. You were never in what I think happened was Michael thought because Sean didn't seemingly have any suitors that he could get Lied Sean in, no big on, deal right, on, right. on a more reasonable contract, right? In his right. mind, maybe a 12, 13 million a year deal versus the reported 17 that he's getting now from Denver. Yep. So I don't think Michael Bidwell was ever in at 17 million. And, and that's why he waited and they waited and everything else. I think if you, if, if you, if we offered the same exact thing as Denver, I think he's the head coach of, of Arizona. Okay. So let me ask then this question before we get into what, what could be and looks like seemingly is reported as being the key reason why a lot of coaches didn't want to choose the Arizona job. The one thing, if you want to say, why is this maybe a lucky miss for the Arizona Cardinals? The Denver Broncos are about as desperate of a franchise right now as any team in the league. They are pot committed financially to a veteran quarterback who was brought in to get them over the hump, just like they did with Peyton Manning years ago. And coming off of a one-year stint with their with a rookie head coach, I think that they understand, first of all, we don't have a lot of flexibility to bring in more talent or change the roster too much because we got a lot of money tied up in a lot of players. And we can't afford to go out and get another head coach that isn't going to be able to, one, get the most out of Russell Wilson, two, command his respect right in the film room and on, and on game day because we heard the reports about Russell Wilson kind of running his own show inside of the building. They needed to make this type of move. And if you think about the coaching candidates that were out there, no one else even comes close to the level of a Sean Payton. So if you want to, to your point, $17 million, that is an enormous amount of money and the Broncos ownership has to be as you said and saying, hey, listen, this is what we need to do because we're already in the fit. You know, we're in the final hour here. Either we have success over the next couple of years of this contract or we are going to be in a world of hurt because we're not going to have fans there. You know, we're not going to be selling tickets, jerseys, et cetera. So if you again, I said this from the beginning about sometimes the sexiest name is not always the right name. Maybe the fan base is lucky in Arizona that the Bidwell family was not willing to go that extra mile for Sean Payton. I know that doesn't feel great in this moment because you still don't know who the head coach is going to be. But I, I, again, you always want to wait it out. I think they did a good job with the GM hire. We talked about the assistant GM hire. So the boxes are being checked in a positive way. Now we, have, we do have to wait. Who does the head coach now become? Well, here's the thing. When it comes to cap, so the cap numbers came out. You know, you alluded to maybe not having the most money. The Cardinals have the 11th most cap as of today based on the new cap numbers. And that's what... Yeah, now, where, are the, where are the Broncos on there? The Broncos are... Are they further down? Let's see. Where's Denver? Denver, Denver. There's Detroit. Where's Denver? Denver. Uh, oh, 13th. So they're behind Arizona in cap. 13th most 13th, 13th most cap room though huh oh that's because i believe i think that like i think that the big money on russell wilson's contract starts to kick in maybe even next year potentially and they shedded by the way a couple of players this season Which, uh, things were not going yeah. well yeah. so they had managed to probably clear a little bit of money off their books so they have some stuff to work with there so you're not too but, far but the off. cardinals haven't the cardinals haven't done that yet that's the point the cardinals are 11th in cap and they haven't yet cut robbie anderson they haven't uh, work around some other contracts that like the Cardinals will move up on this list. Yeah. Uh, probably fall within the top eight, I would imagine. 
when all when all things are said and done. So there's money there. But when you look about who's next, I don't know. I mean, this is my problem with us not pulling the trigger. Because when you look at Denver, what did Denver do? They wanted Harbaugh, plain and simple. They went and they reached out to him about three different occasions, even after he said he was returning to Michigan. So Denver was all in on Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh says no. So then they want D'Amico Ryans. Ryan says, no, I'm going back home. I'm going to Houston, you know, whatever. So they fall on their third pick, which is Sean Payton at that point. Arizona, go ahead. No, this is my point, though. It's like maybe you lucked out, right? Like, I mean, again, Arizona, Sean Payton was not apparently your first pick. You may have wanted him to be the first pick, but he wasn't. If you're Denver, that you got to the point of desperation where you said, 17 million, yeah. fine, because our first two choices, and we were probably willing to pay Harbaugh a significant salary to get him out of the college ranks because you make a ton of money there as a coach, but we missed on him. Then we missed on D'Amico Ryans, and now we're at the point where we can't afford to send Russell Wilson into a season without a veteran, experienced head coach that we believe in. Boom, it's going to be Sean Payton. We're going to put all of our trust in him. I can understand that the same philosophy and approach could be used by the Arizona Cardinals, but they're ironically, man, I'll, I'll tell you what, because it's the other point that we want to get to. It is interesting to me that if you're Sean Payton and it is apples to apples, and, and maybe you know, they weren't going to get to the 17 million. Okay, fine. But let's say that they were. Seemingly, the other reports that are going around is that it's not about the organization. It's not about all the personnel. It's not about the control, et cetera, what it's going to look like. It comes down to, as was reported by uh, Pauline with the uh, Pro Football Network, why is Arizona's head coach job taking so long to fill? If you are to believe what people are saying, it's due to Kyler Murray, and it's not because the quarterback has a large say in the matter. Rather, many of the desired candidates don't want to take a job knowing they'll be tied to the hip of Murray for the next four seasons. Signed to a five-year, $230 million contract in late August, and anyone who takes the Cardinals job will have no options in the foreseeable future at quarterback. So it comes down to, I mean, this is why I think it's crazy because Russell Wilson, you have to look at what happened this past year and go, geez, that was a terrible head coach. I can get this dude back on track. And by the way, Wilson has a very long track record of success. There is a ton of doubt and concern around Kyler Murray. He is literally hamstringing this franchise and their ability to move forward successfully, potentially. Yeah. I, I Okay. So I, believe believe the report but i also believe that sean payton wouldn't have cared and he would have came here i think it comes down to money when it comes down to sean payton i really do i think we were not ever going to get to the 17 million and and it's again it's unfortunate because when you look at the coaches that are out there and now we'll get on the second part of the kyler murray piece but when you look at the coaches that are out there there's no one right now that screams i can fix the 250 million dollar man one and I can fix your red zone problems and everything else that you've had. I mean, when you look at the Cardinals and their issues with, with Cliff Kingsbury over the years, it's been they can't score within the red zone ever. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and you look at the offense and you're wondering, what the hell is going on? We did it all last season. We did it the season before. So when you're talking about bringing someone in right now, it's like, oh, defensive coordinator after defensive coordinator. You finally get an OC in, in the Bengals OC and you finally get – you know, you had Reich, who you interviewed, but he's he's out of the mix. Now Sean Payton's out of the mix. You've had three OCs that you've talked to. So, again, my like bigger – cons- in there from the Giants as well. Oh, off, and then Kafka. Yes, yeah. Kafka just yeah. came. So now you, now you have two new OCs that are in the mix. Yeah. But prior to that, it's all been DCs. And it's like, 
if we're fixing our the root of our problems, like our defense wasn't terrible last year. Is that the direction to go? So when we talk about now why people could be be concerned, I can see a lot of these defensive coordinators being like, listen, I can chew into this quarterback all day, but if this is my first shot at a head coaching job, I now got a quarterback that seemingly has an attitude problem. And yep. now he's going to be injured for half the year, reportedly. Like, I'm going to have a losing season in my first year automatically is kind of the thought. Like, maybe we can work some wonders and be a Detroit Lions of this year where you kind of just, you know, surprise everyone. But I would dare say you look at the Lions uh, roster, you look at ours, it's it's night and day. So it's it's one of those things where I believe it. When 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 people say when you hear that report and you say Kyler Murray could be the issue of why people don't come in, it's because you're tying so much cap space up to a guy that seemingly has a lot of issues. And you've seen with the quote unquote guru of a of an offense yep. as a head coach, he couldn't make it work. So if that guy couldn't make it work and that guy's buddy buddies with Kyler and his family, then who's gonna? So <laughs> And you know what the problem is to me with this? So uh, Frank Reich is a good example because he goes to Carolina. Okay, you've got Sam Darnold there, but they're, they're going to look to go another direction at the quarterback position. You're coming off being a head coach. So it's a pretty safe landing spot, I would say. You're going to have a lot of latitude, build this thing up, right? At least in, that looks like it from the outside. With If you're a, a first-time head coaching candidate, Arizona is a really difficult one to walk into. Because you're with all the things you lay out about Kyler, it, then it becomes so. If he doesn't want to do it, I may never be get a head coaching gig again because I this may be the only shot. If it doesn't work out, if the first year is difficult and frustrating, there's a good chance that I'm one and done, and I'm right back out on the street looking for a coordinator job. Maybe I last two years. You're still gonna have another multiple year big number on the on the cap when it comes to Murray and his contract. So I think that it becomes less attractive for first time candidates potentially. And then if you're an experienced coaching candidate and you're looking to get your best foot back out in front, whether it's Sean Payton taking a year away from the game or, like I said, a Frank Reich, I think that it looks different too. So it, 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 it's just it's a shame, man, because it becomes this very damned kind of job that in theory, go back and look at the stats from the year prior. Like Kyler Murray from a stat standpoint, from an ability standpoint, should be an attractive asset that you have under control. And instead, it's potentially a deterrent for head coaches. I mean, this is it's a, it's a brutal beat, man. And as someone who is not a lifelong Cardinals fan, I'm starting to get the ulcer in my stomach around what the fan base goes through. Because even when you think you have something, you don't have something. <laughs> I've lived with this my whole life. Thank you, uh, Bird God. Uh, yeah, yeah. This one of bears. Welcome to Arizona sports, baby. I mean, this isn't just the Cardinals. This is the Suns. This is the Diamondbacks. This is everybody. I mean, this is uh, this is the history of our of our sports franchises. But the one thing that that I'll say is, you know, you look at like a Dan Quinn. Why would he turn this job down? Because after how it ended in Atlanta, and he's got a good thing going in Dallas right now, yeah. whether he's the heir apparent or not. Next year, guess what? If they do what they did this year defensively. He's going to be the like number one candidate yeah. again, yep. which, which is why like the issues that they're having today is the reason they needed to go and get Sean Payton. Because Sean Payton's the only one that, when you look at like the New England Patriots and the Belichick and Tom Brady situation, who won that situation? Belichick. You know what I mean? Well, he's, things go poorly. He, the head coach, he's okay. Yeah, He's okay, right? 
Yeah. The, when you look at the list of coaches that are available right now, who is going to be safe if there's continued issues with Kyler Murray? The only candidate on that list, in my mind, is Sean Payton. He's the only one with the Super Bowl ring. He's the only one that can say, hey, you know, I've done this. This guy ain't it. And the right. owner should listen to him. Well, okay. So here, there's one interesting note, and that was around Vance Joseph, and basically saying when a new head coach gets brought in, it's likely that he'll be he'll be the let go of him, and that he's going to be a highly sought after defensive coordinator because with this, some of these musical chairs, he could be there. Uh, Wink Martindale is now into his second round and looks like the front runner for the Colts head coaching job potentially. So the Giants would be a landing spot. Maybe one of the coordinators from the Bengals. Both coordinators have been getting interview requests. Could go over there. So it's weird. Because it's like you have a coach <laughs> that is respected and valued around the league. But ironically, if you, let's say, went with Vance Joseph, and I'm not saying that it's even on the table, but if you did, again, the fan base, or at least I would look at it and go, well, this is brutal. Because you're going to go with status quo in a lot of ways, which means nothing will change necessarily with Kyler Murray. My question to you becomes, because you said about Sean Payton and the weight that he would have carried, is there any world where a coach could be hired and is there any world where the GM can do this or was it contingent from ownership? Hey, you're coming in here and Kyler Murray's the guy. Is there any world where the Cardinals are in the QB market from a draft? Like if, if, if the reality is now being presented to them that coaches didn't want to come here specifically because of the quarterback, is there a world where the Cardinals understand, you know, maybe we need to think about what it is beyond Kyler and just, yeah, we get it. We're going to, have to eat the bullet here. We're going to have to pay him out. Maybe we can move him at some point, but we can't go into a season with a new GM, new head coach and say, it's going to be Kyler Murray or bust because we've already seen that fail. If you weren't willing to pay the money to Sean Payton, you're not willing to eat the contract of Kyler Murray. So what that means is, but it's not even eating. And I know what you mean, but it's not, just to clarify, it's not even eating it. It's just saying we're 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 in top five pick in the draft. That means maybe mm -hmm. a franchise quarterback is sitting there for us, and we have an opportunity to say, yeah, we know that we're financially locked in, but guess what? We're going to coach up our rookie, let him develop, and know as that contract winds down for Kyler, we have the guy in place, and we just we accept that we accept that fate. Not if they hire, uh, not with the hires they've made, not with uh, GM money. And then also, you know, if they're going to hire a DC as the head coach. They're going to go defensive player number three overall. I mean, that's just going to happen. Now, unless something crazy happens where D'Amico Ryan somehow influences that they take a defender first overall. And then the, the Bears at, or sorry, if the Bears somehow stay in the number one slot. They take Will Anderson or Carter, one of the two. And then Houston, which is now second, they take the other one. That leaves the Cardinal at th Cardinals at three with no QB options. That's where they're going to like – or with only QB options, I'm sorry. That's where they're going to trade back at that point. So it ball, just right. – yeah, it really depends where D'Amico go or what D'Amico does with, with the Texans now and then um, obviously what the Bears do. You would think the Bears are going to get a haul at one. They're going to trade that pick. And and ultimately, the Cardinals will have at least a choice at one guy. They'll either get Carter or get Will Anderson. And you would think if you have a defensive coordinator and look at, at looking at the Patriots draft history when Monty was there in the scouting department, they typically drafted O-line and D-line a lot. Yep. So, you know, it's in the history that I would think it's it's those guys are bust. I don't think they go quarterback now. 
But the only option we, which we talked about last episode is could they trade Kyler Murray and then maybe go get a veteran quarterback somewhere else that could be on the table. Maybe that's a way to get out away from the money. Cause as much as Michael Biddle doesn't want to eat Kyler Murray's contract, you literally kind of have like this off season to trade him or you're stuck and you're going to eat that money. So, you know, if it doesn't improve. And, and that's where it's interesting. The idea of, of it's like, Hey, maybe we are quietly. And what happens with, with, uh, with Hopkins will be interesting, right? Mm-hmm. You can kind of look at the roster and depending on what the GM does here over the course of this off season, you'll have a little bit of a sense of what they're planning, but in some ways you can say, okay, yeah. If, if, if by the way, Somewhere in the middle of the season, when Kyler Murray gets back on the field, if it looks like he's healthy, if he still looks like the same player, all that stuff, okay, we can think about what the year after is. But in a lot of ways, it it can kind of be the what's smart franchise building here, right? How do we build for long-term success? You mentioned building through the trenches, right? Like we can make those type of smart decisions almost separate from the yeah. idea that we have Kyler Murray on this contract. because It is what it is now, right? It is what it is. So let's make smart football decisions, and over the next one, two, and three years, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and then we can make the smart decision when it comes to Kyler Murray's contract winding down, where cap room goes, and all those things. It's, it's, it's the Detroit it's Lions. Man. It's Detroit Lions. When you look at what they did over the past decade, they continued to add talent after talent after talented pieces – but, they, they, yeah, but then they were able to sell Matt Stafford for, but you know. that's what I'm saying. They were able to get rid of Matt, right. And move on. Like, like Matt was their big contract that they needed to move. They took a flyer on Jared Goff, which again, for first round pick, but the Rams had given up on him. I mean, that was, yeah. Hey, maybe this guy could work out for somebody and it, it's worked out pretty good. And that's what the Cardinals could eventually do. Now they're not going to get a haul if they wait too much longer on Kyler Murray, if Kyler Murray comes back and is a shell of himself over the next couple of years, then, you know, you're going to have a paperweight that you're trying to get rid of and move off of. So you might have to do one of those Brock Osweiler type trades where you're, you're sending a draft pick and Kyler Murray to just get off of that contract. So. Don't forget to, um, so we'll come back in. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode just because the big news was didn't get Sean Payton and apparently everybody hates Colin Murray. Those are the two big talking points of the day for the Cardinals fan base. Now, it doesn't mean that things can't change and, and depending on who the coach becomes here for Arizona, it can change the perception. Maybe we'll hear positive things. And by the way, one footnote inside of that update was that not necessarily, it isn't about Kyler Murray. Remember, Bidwell said at his press conference, Kyler's going to have input on the head coaching hire. That apparently has been dispelled. And probably because a lot of the head coaching candidates that they were talking to were saying something like, I don't want to be tied to Kyler if I want to move on. At which point, if your ownership and you're smart, you're saying, okay, then we need to separate those two things and just get the best possible head coach that we can find in the door. There's that piece of it. The other footnote that I just wanted to throw out is the level of, you mentioned having the 11th most cap room and still more possibilities. I, I, was, I just went over Every single guard on their roster is an unrestricted free agent, as is they have a tackle that's a free agent here as well. I'm running just through the laundry list. Their center in Rodney Hudson, who was older, and you know, it's not going to be necessarily a big impact there. $10 million, though, was the, the most recent cap hit on him. There, there's, like, there's work to do, even if you had the perfectly healthy quarterback coming into yeah. the year. So no, no, you got, the, what, potentially four offensive linemen you're going to replace. So, like, yeah, you're in 
bad shape. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it's just I wanted to kind of put that out there as the table setter because there's going to be free agency. The Arizona Cardinals are going to have money to spend, but between who's the head coach going to be? That's the first domino. But also, what do you want to accomplish over the first eight, nine, or ten weeks when Kyler Murray isn't there? Is the best value in him just getting 100% healthy and kicking the can a full another year down the road and giving yourself more high draft capital to work with, right? So it'll be. I'm, I'm really curious to see how they choose to operate going forward here, but obviously it comes down to who you bring in. And I'll just say, I don't, you know, you can talk to the Bengals OC from a guy who's watched and covered the Giants. Mike Kafka... I, you could make a lot of worse decisions when you talk about wanting to get the offense to maximize its potential. I wouldn't hate the idea of having someone who has half a season to install the playbook and the way that he wants to run things and allow Kyler Murray, by the way, if he buys in, to sit there and really absorb it. So when he gets a chance on the back end of the year, you could start to see, right, what are the footsteps that we can take forward and move forward with Kyler. And if they have some success at the back end of the year, record be damned, maybe you do get Kyler to turn a bit of a corner here. So if it's me, I would be going offensive mind, putting someone in place that with or without Kyler you can have success, but trying to bring this thing back together because you are tied to him at least for another year or two. Let me ask you this. You, uh, you are outside perspective, right? You're not as close to this as, as me as the fan and, and thinking that all can be merry once again at some point. Do yeah. you think Kyler Murray wants to be here? Like legitimately, even though we got paid. And, and let me kind of recap. Mm-hmm. He scrubbed all of his socials, right? Like uh, of the Cardinals anywhere, right? That was the first big thing. Then they sent out press releases, demanded a contract, finally get said contract in the contract is a study clause. Then the issues with cliff last year. And now the big injury, like, do you think Kyler at this point, even though he got paid, if he was given the opportunity to go somewhere else and get a fresh start, he wouldn't be like jumping for joy. This name might not, um, for the specific exercise may not tickle the fan base. Kyler Murray seems like he has a little bit of late career Aaron Rodgers in him. He wants to, you know, he wants to be regarded and treated in a way like someone who has had a career of success, right? And so when you ask, does he want to be in Arizona? I don't know if he'd want to be wherever he was when he had been drafted. I don't know if he'd want to be wherever he was when he got paid because getting paid wasn't like, oh, okay they feel this way about me, at least perceptually from the outside. It was more like, yeah, that's what he felt. He felt he was, yeah, he felt he was owed that money. Like everything I did in college, everything I did in high school, I've worked to this point. I'm deserved this cash. And, and listen, we know that quarterbacks get paid. It's a fact. However, typically when you are a franchise quarterback who was drafted by the organization, when it comes to picking up the fifth-year option, usually what happens is we're going to pick up the fifth-year option, but we're going to negotiate in good faith, and we're going to get it there because we want him to be here long-term. That's not the way this went. And I don't know if there wasn't reservations on all sides about wanting to stick around in it. So to your point, I, I don't know what Kyler Murray wants, and maybe he doesn't know it either. 
there is like remember he had, he had baseball right like he was mm-hmm. a two sport athlete maybe there's just a part of him who... Man, how much how much were we scared i mean this is for you being really dug into this team but i remember when we drafted him and and the whole year following the yeah. concern that he was going to want to go back to baseball now i heard there were some terms in the contract that were already written in that also stopped that from happening right, but right. Man, how appealing is that right now for Kyler Murray and his agent? Well, you're and you're bet to me. If it's me, teams can turn it around in an instant. You can yep. go from being out of the playoffs to being in the playoffs. You get one player in, one coach that just connects with him, whatever, new offensive coordinator. It could all turn around in an instant. But the best case scenario to me is Kyler Murray coming back midway through the season, showing that he's healthy, showing that he can play. And depending, depending on who you hire, but getting to a point where he goes, okay, let's restructure this thing and let's go to market in the offseason and see who might be interested in me. Who is a quarterback away? There will be teams like that. If it's me, very rarely do you get a new GM and a new head coach with a young quarterback that's already been paid and they all stick together and it works out perfectly. Like at some point, it does need to be the full reset and the full rebuild and that money matters. Like that that cap number matters significantly to how much you can rebuild this roster going forward. So I wouldn't hate that. I'm sure as soon as you get a glimpse of a healthy Kyler and he looks pretty good, you're not going to want to let him go. But it's just, it's, I always have a hard time saying. RG3 never looked the same. It's a great example. And by the way, <laughs> and, and RG3 was, was was a taller quarterback. Like Kyler, we already know he's short in stature, right? Is he going to be a little less mobile, et cetera? I just, it's very rarely that these things turn back around in a positive way. Usually it's on the, the next chapter of the journey that things look better. And that's always hard to do for a fan base. If you see Kyler go be successful somewhere else. Oh, I will lose our stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll be but, so upset. And this is such a lesser level name, but I'll give you the example as a Giants guy. Uh, Evan Ingram was a first round pick for the Giants and year after year couldn't catch the ball, kept it dry. Oh, yeah, but now in Jacksonville, killing it. Looks so electric, so electric. And when he was Mm -hmm. leaving, I said it. I said, don't get me wrong. He's going to go somewhere else and he's going to be the player we had always wished he was going to be. And you just have to be happy for him and let it lie. And that's exactly what happened for him in Jacksonville. Well, let's Good let's bring him. let's bring that back home. Uh, same team, different story. Christian Kirk with the Arizona Cardinals. Right, right. We all really like Christian Kirk, hometown kid. Played well when he played. He did have some injury issues over his time here. Yep. And ultimately decided to take some big money elsewhere, and and is now at career numbers, just like Evan Ingram. I mean, yep. So we'll we'll see how. It, by the way, by the way. Career numbers for both those players. Big reason why? Doug Peterson, right? The head right coach. coach. Yep. New coach, new system, maximizing talent. Offensive-minded coach. Also true. That's that's the biggest thing. I, I, I stand by it, I, and I have a feeling we're going to release this episode today, and they may name a head coach today, or it may <laughs> come out tomorrow. I, I mean, it's got to be soon. I, I don't think the Cardinals, unless they're going to wait for the Eagles – and chiefs to be done to interview someone there maybe i mean at this point there's no reason to rush the process anymore i think that's what i want to end on is i know fans are like come on just hire someone already and be impatient there's no reason to anymore like there's none 
if Monty's the guy that can get the personnel in order, you can figure out draft and everything else free the coach to some sort of degree. So ultimately, like, just get the right hire at this point. If you're going to hire someone for one of these Super Bowl teams, hire them immediately after the Super Bowl. So little, you got little tidbit for you. Where was Mike Kafka last year? The uh, New York Giants. Oh, sorry, the year prior. Where did he come from? Uh, he was in Kansas City. Kansas City, where the rumor is, is that Eric Bieniemy could potentially be on his way out, even in a lateral move. If yeah. you want to bring some things together, you could do worse than hiring Mike Kafka as your head coach and maybe having him bring over Bieniemy, someone who's a veteran, experienced offensive mind, and try to develop some continuity on that side of the ball. I leave you. I see. This is what I do. I, I dig a deep, deep hole, and I throw the entire Arizona Cardinal fan base in it. And then at the end, I drop in a little rope. Little rope. See if you can grab it. See if you can grab it and pull yourself out. I love it. I actually love it. I, I, that's the first – that is the first proposal that I've heard that I actually like right now. Like, I, I, I mean, the Bengals DC, eh, okay, maybe. Bengals D was good. You see the Lions and what their their defensive coordinator did. Like yeah. you see the, these teams that are being brought up or these these head coach opportunities, and I haven't heard one that like wets my 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 beak a little bit. You know sure. what I mean? And that one does. I actually like the sound of that. So we'll see. I see a lot of people now just saying, and it's so funny. Two weeks ago, when you said Brian Flores, everybody's like, "Nah, I'm out." And now it's like, we might as well just hire Brian Flores. He's the best that's available. They're giving, so, they're giving up. <laughs> they're, they're giving yeah. up. The yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, this yeah. fine program, well, first, that is the producer, the voice of the bird god, oh. Mr. Adam right there. You can find him on all social media channels. Uh, I am Tyler with Bird Gang Travel. Find us at Bird Gang Travel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those fine things. And find this beautiful program at cardinalspodcast.com. Download and subscribe. That, as always, kickoff in the valley. Kakao! We are the Bird Gang. Watch us soar. Fight, fight, fight.